that story. Other people's perception of you ain't none of your business. I wonder if this is what normal people feel like. Well, like Eleanor Roosevelt said, well-behaved women rarely make history. And nothing says mental health um, cast live like saying, starting with, I drank a whole bottle of wine. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to another week of Bipolar Girl, uh, where we're heard in over 76 countries worldwide. Building community, right? Reducing the stigma. And uh, and we also, let's see, let's hear from Amy. I think I up, unmuted her. Amy, say hi to, say hi to the world. Amy. Amy said no. Amy said no. I'm really not saying hi to the world. But anyway, well, we want to thank you again for joining us for another week uh, of Bipolar Girl podcast heard in over 76 countries. Like I said before, we're just super happy to be able to do this as a service. We don't get paid for this, but we do this because we want to help build community and continue to tell stories over stigma. Yes. And tonight is all about stories. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really good. We've had, uh, the BP spouse on before, right? Yes. She has been on several times, several times. We've had her on a couple times now. I thought it was just, um, this nope. is, oh. we've had her on a couple times now and, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> and she, um, she's going to try and join us. Her husband who happens to be bipolar made a last minute camping reservation there you go so so they are on their way to camping right now and if she has signal once they get there she's gonna come join us we're I, not sure what that's gonna look like i can we're just rolling with the punches here i can tell you that there's one thing that i find interesting about hanging out with someone that's manic boy you'll never be bored no, you're never bored. It's an always in the journey and an adventure. So you're never bored. Never bored at all. I tell you. Um, so it keeps it interesting. It, well, yeah. I mean, I can never. I can. I. I mean, I speaking from personal experience can never say that uh, life is boring. Uh, that's for sure. I could say exhausting and tire tiring, but never boring, never boring at all. So how was your week, honey? How was your two weeks actually? Cause if anyone out there in the world is actually paying attention, which you know, it looks like you are, we didn't have a show last week. No, we didn't have a show last week because we were having medication issues because I decided that I didn't want to be on one of my medications and I did talk it over with the doctor and I did talk it over with Steven. He'll tell you that he didn't agree, but he said, yes, I didn't, um, I didn't agree with it. Fundamentally. <laughs> I said, yes. What am I supposed to do? Just lay her down, open her mouth with a funnel and stick medication in it. Like, like that's not, <laughs> so, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so I just, I like to be on the least amount of medication that I can be on. And I was on one of the medications I'm on is Velar. 
and I'm only on like 1.5 milligrams. I was like, that's not doing anything. Like it's only 1.5 milligrams. What could that possibly be doing? I got on the Velar when we were treating the symptoms of the Stratera. So like I can come off the Velar. Um, right. So we thought that was just a, she thought that was just a momentary uh, experience where the horse was talking to her and, um, and it wasn't just about just, you know, all of the, you know, hallucinating and all of that, but you thought it was just cause it was really severe. It was a crisis. Yeah, it was a crisis. And so they were right. adding more and more drugs. Right. So I was like, I, I can come off the Velar. I'm fine. And so I did. And the first week was great. Right. First week was perfectly fine. Right. Um, the second week that weekend we had a party coming up for our son's birthday and um, the stress or I don't know what it was, but I completely melted down, just completely melted down. Well, I mean, it shows you though, honestly, how much stress humans are really under um, and how much stress we're able to handle when you, you know, if this was life stressors, we were trying to negotiate a lot of things and, and, you know, and as, as many couples in every family out here in the world, we're all trying to balance our books, balance our budgets and make our money go, you know, farther. And, you know, and sometimes that can be stressful, but this moment she melted down. I mean, it was a, it was, she, it was a big one. She, she melted down. And I knew right then and there I was, I had begged her. I was like, take your medicine. No. Take your medicine. No. Yeah, Please take I your medicine. Still, no. <laughs> I still had the Velar. Um, right. I still had half a bottle of it. And my doctor said, he was like, you know, anything that happens that's a little off, anytime you feel a little off, just take the medicine. Just get right. back on it. You don't need my permission. Just take the medicine. Sure. So, and, and I was still convinced at that time that I it wasn't the medicine. I was just having a bad day. So for all of you caregivers out there, if you've ever... <laughs> If you're taking care of your loved one and you're like, it's time to take a shower. I don't want to take a shower. I oh, hate God. showers. I, I fought him on taking she a shower. I literally thought I was going to have to like hog tie her and drag her into the shower <laughs> and then wash her myself. Um, and, that's he, how you know it's bad. And that's what I knew. I was like, you know, this is it. Like this, this is, it's like, and it is exhausting. So for all of you caregivers out there, you know, let me just give you a, a virtual hug right now because I know. I know what it could be like. Oh my goodness. And like, you know, I've never really seen this Rebecca, like almost, well, I have, it has, it's have. been a long time. She was mean. Ooh, she was mouthy. I was. Oh, mouthy. and you don't like who I really am conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can laugh about it now, but after she took her meds, like that later that night, she was fine. The no, next day. It took, it took she, two days. Well, yeah, I was like, the, the second day you were bet-ish, bet-ish, <laughs> not better, bet-ish. The party, I was still really rough. Yeah. I was still stressed out at the party. And then we had that event on Sunday and I was not well then. Oh, yeah. We uh, we, we took a bunch of friends and we went on a Tiki cruise in the Potomac. Like if you got it, like the Tiki club. Anyway, a shout out to them. I, but was, they, I was not well. She wasn't doing as well as she was. And I was frustrated and I didn't want anyone, and honestly, I don't want anyone to ever think I was frustrated at her. I wasn't per se. I was frust frustrated at the illness and the fact that, like, her doctor let her get off the medication. I was ready to pick up my phone, call her doctor. <laughs> he, and didn't, say, he didn't want to. Like, don't you ever make any of changes without consulting me first. That was yeah. literally the conversation I was going to have. But then by the time she met with him, she was actually back in a better space. No. Like, better-ish. You were better. I didn't say you were better. 
You, uh, well, I didn't say you were healed. I said you were better. Yeah, so I was you, getting better. You was getting. <laughs> it <laughs> took about two more days. Right. It um. It it took two more days, and so. I don't know. I can tell you that, like, I hope that this is the last change that you will try to make. I get it. Probably won't be. But it's such a small level of medication. Like, when it comes to, like, you know, people with mental health issues, she's not on a lot. She's on a little. And, it, you know, and we'll keep it that way. Not three different Four. four. Four different medications. But, yeah. And, you know, you take four pills. No, I'm on one, yeah, two. two, three, four. I'm on four. I'm on Lamictal. I'm mm. on Wellbutrin. I'm on Velar, and I'm on Trazodone for sleep. Trazodone, you're not really on. You just take it. Or isn't that the same thing? Why? You know, you know, I have to take it every night to go to sleep. So it was funny when we first started. You know, uh, this whole issue, this this bout, this issue. Not to be confused with the other issues. Not to be confused with the other issues. Well, they are. They were all completely different for they different were. reasons. They were. And when we started with this issue, the it was funny because she was like, "I should be able to do this by myself." Yeah. And I looked at her, and I hope, I hope she can never find this sweet. But I looked at her and I meant it. I said, "Honey, I would love to drive without my glasses. You'll see me doing that." Or I would love to exist without my blood pressure medicine. You don't see me doing that. You know, and, and that's my point. You know, the point is, is that we all wish we could be perfect beings, but we're not. And sometimes we need a little help and she needs a little bump. And that's all she needs. It's a little bump. Literally on the medication. It's just a little bump. It's not even a lot. No, it's you know one and a half milligrams. Yes. Yeah, argument. It was funny because when I was talking to my, I don't know if it's funny, but when I was talking to my psychiatrist, he was like, well, I mean, it's only one and a half milligrams. You know, it's not that much. I was like, exactly. I don't need it. It's only right. one and a half milligrams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What could it possibly be doing for me? Right. And that's that's exactly why one and a half milligrams are actually good. Because it's it's like just enough. Just, just enough, enough. Just enough. Just enough. That if she gets angry, she'll be like, yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's how I know when she's better. When she's like, calm down. Yeah, when I'm telling him to calm down, that's how he knows. It's fine. It's okay. Just go to I was like, oh. Well, she's back now. Okay, I can go and relax. So, um, yeah, it's 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 actually <laughs> it's it's a journey. It, it's a wild journey, but um, but it's one that you know that's ours. We we signed up for it. Amy, are you on? Um, I see you on, but I don't hear you. I don't know. She might be having connection issues. So we do we do have exciting news. Um, we, we got the scientist. Oh, we, oh my gosh. He, we got the doctor. He is the doctor who yes. helped develop the gene testing yes. for medication. Dr. Alexander Nicolescu. Oh my. The third. The third. I am so honored. Like he is coming on. I can't even. I can't even contain myself. Like, I know. So that's like, going to be in November, y'all. We're going to have him. Do we have the exact date on that? Um, and It's November 11th. November 11th. That's right. So tune so in. So the show will come out the th- the thirteenth. If you, you can you can uh, you can listen live um, on 
on November 11th. 11th. Um, or you can wait for the, tw- I mean, honestly, you know what we need to decide though, you know, we need to decide whether we're just going to pre-record, like whether we would zoom it and record I, it. I think it might be easier to zoom it. That's what I'm thinking too. So, But could- either way, he's coming and yeah, I'm we'll very excited him. to have him on. Um, and then, of course, we're going to have Amy and Joelle, and we're all going to pick his brain, and it'll be an exciting show. Uh, neurologist and pick his brain. <laughs> I, love, I love it. So, yeah, it's, it. it's going to be great. In fact, I met a guy yesterday when we were at that event um, here locally. He's a PhD at NIH. He studies the effects of the well, he studies, he's a neurologist. Yes. Not, not a neurologist, but a neuroscientist. Yes. And he studies... Um, he studies the Alzheimer's and the effect of the arts on Alzheimer's and different things with improving, um, you know, Alzheimer's. So uh, um, it, I, I think it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Oh, here. Let me see. Disconnect and then connect right there. Sorry. Of oh. course, we're having technical issues. It is not us. This is a stupid program. No, it's not. It's just that some days it's just. It's technology. And uh, so anyway, so yeah, so we're super excited about having Dr. Alexander Nicolescu, um with us. Uh, I believe he's in Indiana, right? He's at... He's at the Indiana University. Yeah. And then, like, what is he? Oh, he's, he split his time with Harvard as well. Mm. Or did? He worked for Harvard. But I, I can't wait to dig into The study was at Indiana University. Okay. I can't wait to dig into him. So. <laughs> well, this this show. Yes. What is this show about, honey? This show, we are talking about mania. Um, and in particularly how one person's mania played out in the public eye and the way that the public responded to her and how we are seen when we are manic. Um, Is Amy there? Amy, you on? I'm here. Can you hear me now? I ought to do a cheer for you. Um, Awesome. Do we want to finish setting up the show? No, go ahead. Set the show. No, I'm done. No, no. I'm done. I'm all done. You all done? Amy, how was your week? Good. Yours? It was good. We kind of went through it. Uh, we just had another bout with medication. With uh-huh. Yeah, I was but listening. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, but but it was easily solvable. So it was like, mm-hmm. it was great. But other than that, you know, it was peachy. It was peachy. <laughs> What's your week's been like? What have you been up to? Uh, pretty busy finishing like the third round of edits on the new book, which is cool, but also exhausting and annoying sometimes. Um, also, I went to the salon yesterday and told my stylist I wanted a little bit of very subtle red highlights in my hair. Ooh, Did Amy. they come out subtle? Not even close to subtle. Plus, um, <laughs> I think we actually le- left the dye on the roots too long, and now I have black roots, brown lengths with lots and lots and lots of bright coppery red. Oh, no. I'm like, this would be really cute on a cat. I was getting ready to say, no, 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 no. I think, you know what? See, as someone who used to dress women, I don't know if you knew this, but I used to dress women. I think what you would do, I would put you in a pair of black boots uh, with a heel, leather boots with leather pants and a leather shirt and maybe a Dolce Gabbana belt. There's a lot of leather. Yes. It's a lot of leather. Yes, yes. Her nickname would be Catwoman for the Cat night. Catwoman. Yes, it Okay, that be. only works for a night, though. She's got to, like, <laughs> exist a day. and Right. 
Right, it's true. But no, with, I'm a little more dark academia, though. That's oh. true. That's true. I would love to see you. I would. <laughs> I would love to. Calm see down, you. Stephen. I would. <laughs> I would love to see you walk into the classroom one day with that leather outfit on and just and look at everyone and say, "Today we're studying delusions of grandeur." <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, they'd be looking at me at funny. my age in all leather. Like, yes, we are. Yes. Yes, we are, Professor. No, you are not old. Stop it. <laughs> you can't be old because then that makes Stephen old. Exactly. You can't do that. You cannot be you cannot possibly be old. <laughs> well, sometimes I'm still a little bit immature. Aren't we all? No. Um so yeah, that's been my adventure. No, that's pretty good. That's that's a pretty darn good um, <laughs> adventure for the week. Yeah. Okay. So you have to post pictures of no, your, she of your new do on that's social. Awful. Oh, you don't like it? Is that what you're saying? I'm, like, I'm very bad at at the woman. No, she doesn't like it. You it don't, didn't turn oh, out the so? way. She wanted it subtle. It's not subtle. Oh, I didn't get that. Yes. I'm such a dope. I didn't get that at all. <laughs> I was like, rock it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting stilettos. Yeah. I got a little work to do to get it quite right. Well, see, I see. Look, the way I see it, you go buy mm -hmm. some Jimmy Choo's, put on yep. some, put on some long um, Giorgio Armani jeans, or the, you know, and a nice funky. I don't know. I don't. I would see. What would I? What would I pair with that? I would probably pair. Well, it'd either be like, you know, something simple. Even like, you know, something like a Anne Klein, or. Uh, <laughs> Probably, yeah, you know, something like, you know, I wouldn't say Dolce Gabbana. That might be too much for you. But you probably would do well with Armani or Emporio Armani or, mm -hmm. yeah, something like that. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say St. John's because that would just, you'd be like, oh, Stephen, kiss my booty. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not doing St. John's. You know, but you believe it or not, St. John actually does have a younger looking line now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not quite as nitty. They don't look like for like a 70 year old. So, yeah. Yeah. So the episode is about mania, Amy. Uh -huh. um, Gabby Hannah went through a manic episode and she basically live broadcasted it on TikTok. Oh, wow. Um, I believe there was there was one day where she posted 109 videos back to back. Um, and she started getting delusions of grandeur and mm. and you know it's a spiritual awakening and you know she's going to solve the world's problems and she was the second coming of christ and the thing that bothered me the most about it first of all was that she was going through this and she kept saying that she was under a doctor's care but not looking like she was under a doctor's care but the outside the outside look in like the people who don't have to deal with this every day saw it as a legit spiritual awakening and they were so proud of her and so inspired by her and it it almost egged it on mm -hmm. because of the way they were reacting to her not so much healthy support is actually kind of encouraging the symptoms yes that's exactly what they were doing and i one of the biggest things that that I thought about it was that 
people, even bipolar people, tend to think of mania as the good times because mm-hmm. it is so much better than when we're depressed. But it's also a very dangerous time, and we tend to like downplay that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many things. Um, I mean, she's going to have to live with those videos for a while now. Because yes. even if she takes them down, they're someplace else. Yeah, exactly. And somebody, somebody wants to discredit her one day. Um, you know, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's made videos since she has since come out of her manic episode mm-hmm. and she made a whole video about how, yes, it, you know, obviously I'm not the second coming of Christ and it was a manic moment and, you know, you guys saw it live. And so she's kind of used it to kind of open up the discussion about bipolar, mm-hmm. but it, it's almost as if, you know, the damage is done because you see any of those videos taken out of contents, context of her last video, you know, it just... And like you said, the poor thing, they're, they're on the internet forever. Mm-hmm. And then I've had a lot of clients and you've probably known people who did this, who like spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yes. Like took out new credit cards. Um, yes. Yeah. You know. um, we have a friend who racked up 50 grand in credit card debt. Oh, oh yeah. Manic. I believe it. They like... Her and her, her and her partner just finished paying it off not too long ago. It was like a big celebration because that was a lot of debt. But yeah, she's racked. You know, she racked up a ton of money. I, when I was just going through my manic episode, I mean, I spent money we didn't have, and mm-hmm. we're paying for it now too. We all, you know, it was, it was, it, it wasn't just you though. It was, it was, it was a combination. I of, didn't help. Right. It was a combination of a lot of things, but. You know, um, it happens. I mean, you know, and you we have to you have to pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. like literally, it's but it's it's not even something where you say it's a learning curve, a learning lesson because because no, it'll happen again. It's chemical. You gotta. I mean, so <laughs> it's like, well, the only thing I can do now is just take your credit cards and then put them in a vault, like mm-hmm. you know, and just never give them back to you. And and then perhaps I don't know. You know, the funny thing about when people are are in that mania. Especially Rebecca, she's very convincing. I Even am. for me, she's like she can justify mm-hmm. a bunch of little purchases, but I don't pay attention to them over over time. And she's like, "Hey, honey, what do you think? Hey, honey, what do you think?" And I'm just like, mm, "Okay, how much is it? Thirty bucks?" Ah! And then before you know it, it's like a it's five hundred dollars worth of stuff. Uh-huh. You have paid attention, and I'm just as an example. Yeah, I don't, I don't. You know, there are some people who go out and buy like the seven thousand dollar couch. I just buy a bunch of $40 things mm-hmm. <laughs> and sell it's a problem. Right. But it's right. interesting because you're chasing that. It's that, it's that dopamine you're chasing mm-hmm. that high. And what's interesting to me is that you don't necessarily have to be manic to be chasing that high because I've mm-hmm. also been depressed and racked up a bunch of money mm-hmm. because you're chasing that high. You know, uh-huh. you just want to feel good for a few minutes. Right. I mean, I wasn't depressed or manic. I was just like in my more or less normal mind other than being in my mid-20s, which is doesn't always count as being in your right mind, <laughs> uh, just the age. But I racked up several thousand dollars in credit cards, just, you know, clothes I thought I was supposed to have and places I thought I was supposed to be and ended okay. up eating a lot of oatmeal yeah, completely without a mental illness. Yeah. And, you know, there's still consequences. You still go through times. You have beliefs about who you're supposed to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I think with me, with mania and spending, it's very impulsive. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm chasing a high. I just feel like I'm just super impulsive. And when I see something, I have to have it. I just have mm -hmm. to have it. Um, but our guest who's supposed to be joining us, BP spouse, her husband has been hospitalized several times and people mm. always assume that he is being hospitalized because he's suicidal, because he's depressed. But every time he has gone into the hospital, it's been mania. Mm -hmm. Right. And the only, the one in the, you've wanted to put me in the hospital a couple times, but the biggest time was when I was manic. Mm -hmm. That's true. Well, I was worried. It's because when you look into your spouse's eyes when they're in that state, you can look at them and say that's not the same person in there. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's it's almost like she's like the cocoon. I know that's Rebecca. But when I talk to her, when I look at her, her reactions, her responses, like everything in her, like it's not the same person. Now, I don't know if that's really her, if mania just brings out the real her. And what I'm dealing with is a, is a I don't know, like a like a guarded part yeah. of her it's like the medicated part of me yeah well the medicated part of you is one that everybody can handle yeah <laughs> I, you can't handle the unmedicated part it's like it's unbearable that's true that's true it does get unbearable but i mean mania is hard and i don't think that we always talk about the depression, but we never really talk about the mania. I mean, what are some coping skills that people can use when they're manic other than like medication or the hospital? I mean, one thing is to just plan ahead. Like if you've been had manic episodes enough to know what you're prone to doing, then you can put some safeguards in place, like having somebody who can take control of the credit cards for the time being, lock them up for a while, give you enough money to get by. Um, or just finding ways to channel that energy. Mm -hmm. Like when you've got all that energy, what can you do that's going to be relatively harmless and keep you occupied? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, other than sex, what else is healthy? I mean, exercise. Exercise. Mm -hmm. I, you, can you sit down and do a project? You know, I guess. Mm -hmm. No. You can, I mean, if puzzle, yeah. maybe. If you can focus long enough, yeah. I mean, right. you can get hyper focused on things when you're manic. So if you can get yourself hyper focused on something productive. But you know, I've been with you when you were manic. Sex never helped. No, it just like intensifies. Sex it. intensifies the mania. Mm -hmm. Do you find that to be true, Amy? I mean, I think so. I mean, if it's within a relationship, it's definitely not the worst coping skill. But yeah, That's like good. Rebecca said, sometimes impulsivity, chasing a high, sex can feed that. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh -huh. It definitely does. I mean, some yeah. people can like go on an artistic binge. You give them some art supplies or something like that. Right. And that'll keep them occupied for a while. But it's mostly about damage control. Like, you know, making sure that they can't go sleep with a lot of people in a way that you know they would not want to when they were not manic. Yeah. yeah. Um, try to protect them. Go with them places, which can be exhausting. <laughs> Because sometimes people want to go places two, three in the morning when you want to yeah. sleep. Yeah. I mean, uh, grab I control of the money. Yeah. I can't imagine how Stephen felt when he was running after me when I was manic. <laughs> it's tough. It's hard uh -huh. to keep up. You can't keep up. You mm -hmm. literally cannot keep up at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, but it's, I mean, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It mm -hmm. really is exhausting. And 
and I thought, you know, the weird thing is, is that like now, like, I mean, I just don't want to go through any more medication issues for a while. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously things weren't like this, right? I mean, she would have never graduated cum laude from junior college or Penn, right? Like either one of them, Montgomery College mm-hmm. or Penn, both really challenging schools would have never graduated cum laude if she was not well medicated and well, and and we didn't have a good care team. Right. We were doing well for all these years. And it's just like, we, we've mentioned it like, wow, all of a sudden, here we are. We're like, it got a little turbulent and I just, I'm ready for that to, you know, go away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all ready for it to go away. And mm-hmm. she is too, because her poor body is so exhausted when she gets yes. regulated. Like she's tired, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and she, and you know, and, and it's funny, Amy, she'll say, Oh no, I'm fine. I can keep going. But that, that's mm-hmm. just her. She just drives on. It's a soldier, right. in her. but that's not healthy. Not always. No, it's not always healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really gets. Now, I've never gotten to the point, and I, it might be my personality, it might be my upbringing, but I never got to the point where I was having a religious experience with my mania. Mm-hmm. Um, That's that I have never gone through. I've never gotten like a God complex or anything. Now, I when I was younger, I've gotten the whole like, nothing can hurt me. I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. But I never had like a religious experience. Oh, but the invincible thing's dangerous. There was a story oh, in yeah. uh, one of the textbooks in school a long time ago. This really stuck with me. Um, There's a guy that genuinely believed he could fly 100%. Like Superman. Yeah. And people were challenging him on, no, you can't. And that kind of egged him on. Yeah, because I'm going to prove you wrong. Right. You can't be right in somebody's face when they're manic because they will try to prove you wrong. And he ended up jumping off a 10-story building. No. Yeah. And it was not, you know, legit attempts to end his life in the sense that he wanted to end his life. It was, no, I'm going to show you guys that I'm Superman. Wow. You know what? I heard this story before. Mm-hmm. My psychology teacher taught me I'm that when sure I was at did. New York Tech. Mm-hmm. She actually talked about this. When did this happen? What this was you? a long time ago. It had to be yes. in the 90s or before. Yes, it was. Because she took, I think the, prof- I want to say the professor was the professor who who was the, the therapist working with the patient or either had worked with this person at once when I was at school in Long Island. She, I, I just really? remember her telling the story. And I read it in uh, like a case book. Yeah, I just either or either she was the student of the professor. Mm-hmm. It was she was connected to him so like in some way, and she talked about this, and then she talked about a person who had whacked his entire family and everything, and then he basically had just talked about like how the TV was talking to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like he, he, she had some real interesting. Uh, experiences. Yeah, the, like, invinci- the invincible part can be really dangerous. I mean, uh-huh. my brother and I have gotten into things that we probably shouldn't have gotten out of when we were manic. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And like, it does practically feel like you've got superpowers. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've had over the years, you know, this isn't terribly uncommon, but you know, sometimes clients who, you know, if there's nobody there who can 
stop them or keep them safe or keep them occupied somehow, you know, figure out ways to channel the manic energy, they will legit go out and sleep with five total strangers in one night. And that is not something they would do when they were not manic. Mm -hmm. They'll just kind of churn through them. Okay, done with that one, going back to the bar for another one. Wow. And I mean, I'm not thoroughly shocked by that because mm -hmm. that was pretty much my teenage years. Mm -hmm. um, every time I was manic. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that you also have to watch for because that comes with all sorts of risks too. Yes. So I don't know. What do you think? Rebecca, about the whole issue of consent when somebody's manic. Are they capable of legally consenting to sex? That's a good question. That is. I don't a think good there's question. any solid ruling on that legally. No, I don't think there is either. And I think that, you know, that's something that really does need to be discussed because mm -hmm. we're not in our right mind, you know, and consent has to be made when you're in your right mind, right? You can't, right. You can't give consent when you're drunk. You can't give consent when you're high. You can't. But like you really can't give consent when you're manic. You're mm -hmm. you're not stable. You're not in your right mind. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that really still has to be dealt with and figure out how to set some standards around. But on the other hand, you know, what if somebody, what if it they are, you know, with somebody that's never met them before, and that person has no background in bipolar, no way of knowing when they're manic. Yeah, and that's usually what it is, right? It's uh -huh. a stranger. Yeah. You're, you're going to go find a stranger, mm -hmm. and they have no way to know that you're manic. Mm -hmm. And I'm not judging anyone's lifestyle, you know, when they are in a state of mind to make this decision consciously. That's their business and not mine to judge. But we're talking about somebody who genuinely, like, I agree with you, somebody can't meaningfully consent when they're manic. Yeah. But you know, can we expect absolutely everybody on the bar scene to thoroughly understand mania and how to recognize it? No. No, you can't. And then that can also be, I mean, anything can be abused, but that can also be abused too because people mm -hmm. can be like, oh, I was manic. Right. And like, you're not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there I think you that in order to get away with that, you would have to establish legal precedent. Like, yeah. There would have to be records going back for a while yeah, that you, would you have had manic have, episodes. You have to right. have like a doctor be under somebody's care for manic right. episodes. Yeah, that's very true. That's right. Very there's, true. there's a case, I think, in Oregon a long time ago. This was a dissociative identity disorder, multiple personalities. Yes. Um, some man got accused of rape because he had what he believed to be completely consensual sex with a woman. And it turned out she had multiple personalities and only one of her personalities consented. Ugh. And another personality felt assaulted. Yeah. By that. Oh, that's tricky. And obviously, you know, you know, he did end up, you know, not getting convicted because yeah. there was an established medical history that she does have multiple personalities. But that was kind of one of the cases that established, you know, that if you're going to claim mental illness, you have to be able to document a history of it. There have also been cases where somebody murdered somebody and claimed to have been sleepwalking, and they got away with it if they had a documented history of sleepwalking, but not otherwise. Yeah. So to claim mania, you'd have to have that history documented. Yeah, you know, I, you know that's an interesting legal question, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, because 
I mean, yes, they have to have a documented history, but mm-hmm. how do we prevent this from happening uh, happening again? I guess is what I would be thinking. After I've gotten over the the point that someone was sleepwalking and murdered someone, mm-hmm. how do we know you're not going to sleepwalk again? Yeah, and and murder again. Mm-hmm. Plus, you don't arrange for a getaway car in the middle of the day when you're awake. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, hi, blockchain. We have somebody in the in the studio. Um, so, but I mean, back to that issue of mania and consent, like how would you stop somebody if they were determined to do that? And that's what their mania was driving them to do. Right. Like, unless you did hospitalize them. Yes. Well, and again, people think of going to the hospital when they're depressed, not when Mm -hmm. they're manic, but yeah, if you're manic and you can't control yourself and you don't have anybody else to help control you, Mm -hmm. like the safest place for you is in a hospital. Mm-hmm. And it sucks and psych hospitals are not exactly fun. No. You're never going to be the best time of your life. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no grippy sock vacations. <laughs> right. No, I get why people don't want to go to the hospital. It really can be pretty awful. But, you know, as Rebecca said, sometimes that's the better alternative. I know I fight I fight so hard when I get like that because I do not want to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's like I know that I need help and I know that I need to be um watched and need, you know, supervision, but I do not want hospitalized supervision. Like mm-hmm. I'd much rather just have Steven lock me in my room and just bring me snacks. Like right. I don't want to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it all depends, I guess. You know, you could go to club, you know, like like I'm fancy like, hospital. Fancy hospital. It's you know. still a hospital, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you go somewhere where they're giving you cucumber water and facials as part of your recovery. That's very plan. expensive. That's a very expensive place. Right. There are like psych hospitals with cucumber water. Yes, there are. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I don't know that. Spas. I'm thinking spas. I'm thinking spas, Amy. I'm sorry. I'm thinking spas. I'm getting just getting distracted because we have someone in the studio who actually wants to. So um, he he says my girl or she says my girlfriend has schizophrenia. So she has asked to go to home care for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Go down. No, it's okay. So I'm trying to figure out like, what home care is. Blockchain. That's you can you actually have- call in. You can call in blockchain. I know that that's driving Rebecca because it's not planned, but you can certainly call call in and you can talk about this with Dr. Amy D and everyone. Yeah. If you, and I think home care is when you have a nurse in the house or somebody to take care of them in the house, right? Instead oh, of going to the hospital. Makes, see, and that makes sense. I could do that. Like yeah. I could have somebody come to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm curious about learning more about the schizophrenia. But, I, I I agree with that. Like I would mm-hmm. I would much rather. I mean, if it came to the point where I had to be under mm-hmm. care, I'd much rather have a nurse, a home mm-hmm. care nurse, come here. That's an that's an interesting concept. And check on me and feed me snacks and make sure that mm-hmm. I'm taking my medication and right. I'd much rather do that. Yeah, give me cucumber water and facial. There you go. And there you can get your cucumber water. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Steven's all seems- about the cucumber water today. Oh, I'm all about spas. You know that. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know. I, you know, I've been roughing it for far too long. I haven't, mm-hmm. Rebecca and I haven't had a good spa day in like 
Oh my, probably since 2019. Wow. Mm-mm. When did we go to the UK? That 2019. That's exactly the last time we had a spa day in New yeah. York City. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last time we did that. Yeah, and, had, yeah. and then COVID hit. Oh, we, Amy, we, we had got a, locked in our houses. I'm mm-hmm. Look, Amy, the best. We had the best masseuse in. Mm. I don't know where they found these people, but they were great. They were of Asian descent, mm-hmm. and they were light and feathery because they both jumped literally full body on our backs. Okay, and and hit spots. I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And neither did Rebecca. I mean, oh, yeah. you just hear us both like. <sighs> and I will, I will tell you that the best thing in the world is to have a full body massage and then get on a flight overseas. That's true. That's, well, true. that's a good idea. That's what we did. We had a layover in New York and we got sushi and then we got a full body massage and got on the plane to Europe. That's it was true. like, we're going to be relaxed. Happy. <laughs> You know, especially if you've got to fly coach all the way to Europe. Yeah, we yeah, were, we were we definitely were, we, in coach. We were definitely in coach. Okay, yeah. blockchain, you're from Dubai. How are you? Welcome to the show. Do you have to hit the microphone? Uh, no, he's there. Blockchain, are you there? Are you with us? Okay, well, he'll figure it out. He's on now, or she. Yeah, you keep saying he. You don't know. No, he said his girlfriend. His girlfriend. Or, my I mean, girlfriend. My girlfriend. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you I mean, don't have to be I mean, a boy to have a girlfriend. No, you're right. I'm t- <laughs> look, I'm still getting used to pronouns, okay? I like, know. I know. Pronouns are hard. I, we cannot hear you. We cannot you. hear you. No. We see that you've called in, but we can't hear you. Did you guys um, send like a speaker invitation? No, it's something oh. different when they can call in. Yeah, mm-hmm. we gave him call in. Like, Look down. He's uh-huh. typing. Yeah, I'll change the mic. It yeah, must so be his mic. His mic is not working. His mic is not working. So, yeah. So, like, I don't, I, I don't know how we get, I don't know how we got on this. Oh, I'm getting calls. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how we got on this topic, but yeah, spas. I, I think it's like, actually, it's, an, it's a good- We were talking about home care home and about care. being able to get like the cucumber, whatever it was, the cucumber water and stuff in-house. Amy said, huh? I'm not aware of a hospital that has cucumber water. Look. <laughs> <laughs> See, I missed out on something when I was working these places. <laughs> See, you did. You didn't go to the right ones. Although my, you know, my friend Danielle is down in Boca. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, she's a therapist too. I mean, maybe they have cucumber water, like uh, maybe places at their retreats. Retreats. I think it would be called Quote, a retreat mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, rather exactly. than a hospital. Oh yeah, you don't call them hospitals when you have that much money. It's it's retreat. It's, it's a retreat. Yeah, it's retreat. That's detox it. center. Yeah, rehabilitation. Yes, yeah, spiritual centered centered <laughs> center. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Amy, I'm sorry. We're digressing. No, no, we totally digressed there for a second. Um, so yeah, I, I guess in my opinion, in terms of consent, you know, that's an interesting question because this person is legally able to make that decision, but they're not mentally equipped. So in a mm-hmm. way, they are. They are. What do you call it? You know, they would be like a disabled person. Like you would mm-hmm. never have sex with but, a disabled person. But here's my question. Well, some disabled people, because like if it's a physical dis- disability, disability, they're mentally capable of consenting. Yeah. Or, or mental. So yeah, so maybe a mental so, dis- disability. Someone who's, yeah. not, who's not capable of caring for themselves. Right. You would never do that. 
But mm-hmm. it begs the question, if we're going to say that you can't give consent to sex and, and enter into the contract of sex because mm-hmm. you're manic, what about other contracts? Like, what about signing up for credit cards? And what about right. buying new things? And right. You know, I was wondering about that, but wouldn't you have to prove that, like, somebody knew you were not capable of consenting? I don't know. Hmm. I'm stumped. That's a good question. So, like, if somebody knowingly let you sign up for a bunch of credit cards, um, knowing that you were manic and didn't know what you were doing, or had sex with you knowing you were manic and that you would not have made that decision if you weren't, then I don't know. But if it was just somebody who, like, didn't know, like, you're, you're calling credit card companies and signing up for credit cards over the phone, would they be legally liable if they that, had no way of knowing? That's my question, yeah. That's yeah, I don't know. Good, well, we'll, let's pause on that real quick. Well, Blockchain, that's your name online. Uh, you've joined the show all the way from Dubai. Welcome. Hey, thank you, guys. It's George all the way from Dubai. Hi, Hi George. George. All the way. Hello. Wow. I, I bet you the weather is glorious there right now. It is at 38 degrees Celsius, which is around 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, Ooh. that'll do. <laughs> and the winter is just about to start here in Dubai. So. Mm-hmm. And by so, winter, I mean 24 degrees Celsius, around 80 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit. That's what winter is over here. <laughs> wow. Well, so are you originally from Dubai? No, I'm originally from Mumbai, India. But then oh. I lived in Manchester, England for some time. Mm-hmm. Oh. I've been here in Dubai since 2013. I see. Uh, you know, yeah. So my Ma- girlfriend, okay. she could be going to a home care probably for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just wanted to check because one of the things is they don't allow you to use your mobile phone and your laptops and everything with the mm-hmm. Yeah, they take them from you. It's the same here. When you go into the hospital for any mental health care issue like that, um, they take away all of your electronics. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what, what do you mean you- by home care? Does that mean that there's like a nurse in the house? Yeah, so what it is is they would provide 24 by 7 assistance. Mm-hmm. So you have your own room. You know, the nurse will keep checking if you're taking the medication. Mm-hmm. They would do a couple of exercises. They would do a couple of, uh, you know, group activities and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and the facility, thank God, it's much better than a five-star hotel. So really? That's the reason why. Yeah, I mean, that does make a lot of difference, you know, just to calm you down. And it's funny that you guys mentioned about spa because they have an in-house spa facility as well. So, you know, they could go to the spa, like, pretty much every day. Yeah. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. So, so why is she considering home care? Uh, at the moment, you know, the voices that she's hearing that is getting a little bit out of control. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what the doctor is saying is maybe because, you know, she's just by herself. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why you know, she's hearing, she talks back to these voices. But let's say she's in a group home with a couple of other people. You know, she will try to talk to other people and that would probably keep her mind mm-hmm. off talking back to the voices. And that's one of the things that the psychiatrist has suggested. Mm-hmm. So that makes just, sense you know, because... yeah. You know, if you're isolated, your illnesses can sometimes get worse. Did you ever did you ever ask your 
did you, did you ask your girlfriend, are the voices angry? Are they intrusive? Like, wh what are they like? It is mostly the voice of like a bully. So, you know, trying to just talk about negative and bad things, not angry as such. Mostly, you know, talking negative things about her and stuff. Mm. Mm, that's like, yeah, that's like my inner monologue. My inner monologue is very much a bully, but an actual voice talking to you. Yeah, that's yeah. That's Blockchain, rough. is it possible for you to speak a little louder, or are you in a place that's not safe? No, no, no. I'm perfectly fine. It's just that uh, I do have a podcast, so I'm using my podcast mic. So you know, I'm just trying to check how to connect it to my mobile phone. Mm -hmm. is this that is enough? yes yes that's better oh perfect yeah. sorry about that so i had a question with the home care is it entirely voluntary could somebody be committed involuntarily if they were bad enough yeah her, if, mom, her, her mom has the power for tony mm -hmm. so you know in her case her mom can go and make the decision right that's how it works. So how does this feel to you? Must be oh. disturbing, upsetting. Well, as long as it helps her. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and the home care is literally 15 minutes away from my place. So oh, that's nice. So I'm going to go and visit her maybe three or four times a day. That is if they allow it. And, and I'm sorry, Amy, do, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to ask, oh, what's your podcast about? Yes. My podcast is about blockchain technology and metaverse. Mm -hmm. and so I'm not sure if you guys have heard about blockchain and metaverse. I've heard about metaverse, but not and, blockchain. And blockchain. Yeah. People are actually in the States are talking about it in a way to, uh, to impact agribusiness. Yeah. I have a podcast pretty much every day. Thursdays, I talk about you know blockchain mm -hmm. and quite a lot of things. And Fridays, it's all about metaverse. So metaverse is the new fluff and a lot of hype surrounding metaverse. You you does it? Does your now, now your girlfriend is she also in the blockchain or does she? I mean, or she's just I mean, what does she do? No, she's not in the blockchain. She's just working in a regular school. Mm -hmm. And you know, our school is very supportive as well, so everything is fine. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we just want to make sure that she is happy more than mm -hmm. anything else. Yes. Yeah. And what we've, what we've noticed is the moment she's alone, that's when, you know, she tries to talk back to the voices. But let's say if someone is there with her, then, you know, the voices tends to disappear. So the doctor suggested maybe just for two weeks, mm -hmm. just give it a try and see how that helps. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it sounds like it would, it sounds from what you're saying that it might be good for her, you know, to not be so alone and isolated because then she gets, you know, caught up in the voices and everything. So maybe, maybe it would be, what does she feel? I mean, how does she feel about it? At the moment, it's one of the voices, you know, which is saying that don't go to the home care, but part mm -hmm. of me feels that she does want to go. You know, it's just, and you can tell, you know, when she's battling with the voices, you can tell that, you know, she wants to go, but one of the voices is telling her not to say that. Mm -hmm. Does she have any, is she, is she on any medication? Oh, yeah, she is in quite a lot of medication as well. So, you know, you know the dosage has been increased as well, but you know, 
do you guys have any experience with home care or no home care experience as of yet? So that would be really, really high end here. So I don't, um, I know I don't have experience with anything quite that high end. Um, I did work in a psych hospital, but it was more of like an inner city um, psych hospital. So yeah, no, I've never heard of a situation where you could go into like, like you called it like a group home where it was just a few of you um, being taken care of by a team. Um, mm -hmm. Usually what happens here is you, you actually go to a big hospital mm -hmm. and there is a ward for psychiatric care. Um, so it, it's more like we were talking about, it's, it's a little more cold and sterile. Uh -huh. And depending on the hospital, you may or may not get all that supportive and experience. It varies a lot in quality. Yeah, I mean, I've never gone to the hospital, but my brother has gone to the hospital several times. Mm -hmm. And from what I can tell from his experience, you go to the hospital and they drug you into sedation mm -hmm. until, you know, you're no longer acting your illness. And then they send you home to your psychiatrist and they have to fix your medication to where you can actually function. Mm-hmm. So, so your situation sounds a lot better than our situations. Yeah, and I was just supposed to say that, you know, in Dubai, since the last two years, they have this thing that you don't call people mentally challenged, what they say is people of determination. Really? So, you know, yeah, yeah, and I mean, the facilities that they have for, you know, mental health is, it just might be the best city in the world. I mean, you know, one of my cousins, he is... Uh, He's physically handicapped. Mm -hmm. Now, because he's handicapped, he can travel pretty much anywhere completely free of cost. And mm -hmm. if you know Dubai, you know, they have quite a lot of luxurious things. Mm -hmm. So he, along with two people, can get it completely free of cost. I need to take a business trip to Dubai soon. <laughs> right? Like, Amy, I'm going to with go you. To Dubai. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we start saving up for our trip to Dubai. Exactly. So we can learn about all this. Yeah. Home. You said people of determination. I love yeah, that. Yeah. If you just look it up, you know, I mean, so they say it's called people of determination. And that goes for physically uh, challenged and mentally challenged people mm -hmm. as well. So I think that is brilliant as well. Well, it's simply the term itself tears mm -hmm. down the stigma and mm -hmm. it doesn't connote anything negative. It's really positive and it and it's 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 aspiring. It. It allows you the spirit of wanting to overcome mm -hmm. when you are a people, a person of determination. Right. It recognizes the struggle instead of stigmatizing it. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Amy, you're so the definition in the um, E or UAE mm -hmm. is people who are people of determination under the national policy for empowering people with special needs, people with special needs or disabilities will be to referred to as people of determination to recognize their achievements in different fields. Can you send me the link to that? Yes, that's fantastic. I am a people of determination. I'm headed to Dubai because the first of all, the food is good. And like, I mean, I mean, you know, and the buildings are beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Although mm -hmm. I, I have this thing. I mean, like, I don't know what floor you live on, but I don't think I could live on like the 200th floor. 
<laughs> no, he's afraid of heights. Take a little getting like used to, but. A little, Amy. Oh my gosh! You think about it. If the window blows off, you're done. Yeah, because windows <laughs> blow off all the time. That's what I think of. Because that's the thing that happens, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> no, I live on the twenty-first floor. Oh. Oh, see, Amy's got you beat. Oh, Amy. I love it. I guess so. At the end of the day, you could put on some music and pour a mm -hmm. glass of wine and stare out into the city. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's so, Amy, if we lived that far up, we would never be allowed by the windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Stephen would have like a three foot rule. Like Step you couldn't back. get closer than three feet to the window. It's true. Because the window might blow off and then you get sucked out into the air like an airplane or something. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. So when I'm we, not sure how it works. <laughs> so when we were in London, uh, we we got on the, what the, what is it, the eye? The London eye. The eye. <laughs> and literally, I didn't let Rebecca go over to the window. I was like, stay right here in the middle okay. of the first of all you're neglecting like george yes yeah. oh sorry is george still there george yeah, are you I'm still here yeah, i'm sorry george you're right we, we got off on a tangent tan no, yeah. no, tell us a little more about mental health care in dubai it sounds intriguing it's true yeah, i mean they do have probably the world's best facilities you know not just for mm -hmm. mental health even you know for physical health as well mm -hmm. But mental health is something, you know, which I'm trying to understand. Mm -hmm. The facilities that they have is probably like none other. And this is especially after the whole COVID situation. Mm -hmm. So during the COVID, we had a lockdown for just two weeks. Mm -hmm. But people, let's say, you know, who wanted to go out, they could just call the police and the police would come to your place, take you to a beach, take you to maybe even a McDonald's or anything just drop you back home it is a small city you know so that's the reason why you can go mm -hmm. and do that i always i always thought that dubai was a big city now it's really small you could travel from one end to the other probably saying two hour stops really is, is that traffic places. too impact yeah the traffic is quite bad especially you know yeah. the working hours here now do you guys have nationalized health care there uh, no, everything is privatized over here. Okay. Everything is privatized. There is no tax. So, you know, but uh, the insurance mm -hmm. and everything is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. But here, yeah, and, and personally for me, you know, I do a lot of running and I do a lot of water-based ob obstacles like stand-up mm -hmm. boarding and kayaking. So mm -hmm. every month they have these activities, you know, for people of determination. Mm -hmm. They have kayaking, they have stand-up paddle boarding, they have football, and believe it or not, they would get like the world's best trainer to help support people with determination. Nice. So I'm not sure if you guys are into kayaking or anything, so they have the mm -hmm. world champion, you know, who would be helping people with uh, determination and help them just do kayaking. And it's all free of cost, by the way. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't charge absolutely anything at all. So I think, you know... I really am not sure if other cities or other countries do that. Because mm -hmm. I lived in Manchester as well for well over eight years. And I'm sure Manchester does not have these facilities. No. Mm -mm. No, I can say, yeah, no. No, they don't. Wow, this, this is fascinating. This is fa And so what's the facility like that your girlfriend's in now? Uh, She's not. Right now. She's she, right now she's still at home. 
Oh, she's still at home. Okay, well, okay. And so the hospitals there, are they warm and inviting or are they kind of cold and sterile? Uh, to be honest, the hospitals are better than a five-star hotel. And this is, you know, the whole luxury. That's the reason why we are okay, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, when we looked at the facility, you know, the facilities are, if not one of the best in the world. So that's one of the reasons why me and our mom were thinking, you know, it's okay to maybe just go there for two weeks, you know, just see how mm-hmm. it is. The only thing is she won't be able to use the mobile phone and laptop right. and anything else. Will she have any contact with you? Like, is is there a phone that she can use there to contact you, or is it just completely no contact for two weeks? No. What what they have said is that if she wants to contact us, you know, she will give us a call. We can't contact her. Mm-hmm. Okay. But let's, say, but let's say if there is an emergency, we can always give her a call. Then the nurse would pass on the message to her, and she would give us a call back. Mm-hmm. And you had said you'd be able to visit. Yeah, I mean, they said only once, but you know, I'll try to visit maybe three or four times a day. Mm-hmm. But as long as it does not affect, you know, the program that we have, because they've given us the full schedule in terms of what they're going to do is they're going to help her with housekeeping stuff, you know, do a couple of daily mm-hmm. activities and work on the sleeping hours as well. Mm-hmm. So is that you can visit once a day or once in the whole two week period? Once a day. Okay. All right. I was going to say once in two weeks. <laughs> no, once a day. Once a day. But I did speak to the doctor and I asked, you know, is it possible to visit twice? He said, you know, to be honest, because they know us, you know, they could make it possible to visit maybe even two hours a day or three times a day. And the visitation is for one hour every day. As long as it doesn't affect what they have planned. Which I think I agree to as well, because they might have their own schedule. Yeah, that makes sense. That make, They don't want the visitations to be disruptive to the program. Right. Exactly, yeah. Has she gone into this kind of program before? Uh, maybe around six years ago. But that okay. Wasn't for like, that wasn't for like two weeks. It was just for, I think, two or three days. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what that would have helped. I mean, I think two weeks sounds like a good amount of time. Just to, you know, get accustomed to new things. And Well, and I think two weeks really gives her a chance to, like you said, work on her sleeping because that's important. That's very important when it comes to mental health is you have to sleep because anything you have going on is exasperated by not sleeping. Um, and so two weeks would give her a good, you know, her and the nurses a good chance to get her sleeping patterns regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And over there, they also have this music equipment as well. So in mm-hmm. case if they are into music, you know, they have keyboards and pianos. And if they want to learn anything or even if they're already a musician, they can just sit there and just play there. Does she play an instrument? She plays piano. That's the reason why, you know, that thing stuck in my mind as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's very nice. That's, you know, to play piano is actually very relaxing. I know our youngest son plays piano, and he's always very relaxed after he plays. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you guys were saying about spa as well. Yes. The thing is, you know, they have a spa facility as well over there. 
which is a bit different and strange. I told you. <laughs> yeah. I told you. This is why I don't belong in America. I belong there. <laughs> if I need a mental health or determination break, I need to go to Dubai. Because it does calm you down, right? It just relaxes. It does. And they have sauna and steam and quite a lot of other things, which was a bit of a shocker. That's fantastic. Well, that's nice just beyond being a luxury because sometimes, you know, especially if somebody's got a lot of anxiety or something, trauma, when you are trying to help them relax, you're trying to shoot for a target. They have no idea what it feels like. Yep. Like somebody might not know what not anxious feels like. So something like that could really help them figure, figure out what they're actually trying to achieve with treatment. Yep. That's very true. Because I know that, for me, like when I start getting really worked up and Steven's like, would you just relax? It's almost like that's a foreign word to me. Mm -hmm. I know. I mean, I wish, I mean, it would be great to have soft, tranquil music, facials and cucumber water. I think that would help you out if you were. I think so too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, wow. this almost sounds like a movie or mm -hmm. like fantasy. Mm -hmm. So it's actually it's interesting that this is reality in some places in healthcare. And we would have never known that had we not had this show and spoke with you, spoken with you. This is amazing. Thank you for being so open. Mm -hmm. um, how are you doing yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm just a little bit worried, but yeah. I'm trying to look at the bigger picture and I'm just trying to look at the positive things. If you look at, and the fact that to be honest, it is only 20 minutes nearby from where I live. That mm -hmm. also does make a lot of difference. Had, let's say, the location be in another state or something, then I would have been a bit skeptical about the entire thing. Mm -hmm. The fact that, you know, it is nearby. You know, yeah, that's helpful. And it'll make it easy for you to visit, too. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I kind of know the doctor as well. So let's say after four or five days, if you don't think it's working out well, you can always bring her back home as well. So mm -hmm. that's the only reason why I'm a... I'm a bit all right, to be honest. Mm -hmm. been, let's say in another state or something, then I think mm -hmm. I would have had to say no. Right? You know, yeah. That's when the nervousness kicks in as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll have to need some therapy. <laughs> yeah, it's stressful helping to care um, for somebody who is a person of determination. Yep. No matter how well intended you are. So I have a question, if you don't mind. Um, so how accessible is this to people at different financial levels? Uh, in her case, you know, it's the insurance. Uh -huh. like in Dubai, it works a bit different, like the employer. Mm -hmm. they, pay, they pay for the insurance. So the mm -hmm. employer or me, I don't have to pay for absolutely anything on insurance. Right. So luckily for her, the employer pays absolutely everything. We just have to pay like... Mm -hmm. The registration form, which is roughly, I believe, just I'm trying to convert it into dollars, maybe twenty or thirty dollars. That's about all. The rest, everything else is paid for, including the food and everything. Mm -hmm. So, in some ways, it's similar to the U.S. system, but here the employers don't necessarily have to provide insurance, except under specific circumstances. Mm -hmm. So what would happen if somebody was between jobs? In that case, you know, in Dubai, how it works is it, uh, it's a bit complicated. It depends mm -hmm. on the kind of visa that you have. Uh -huh. like, like my visa, mine is a business visa. Mm -hmm. 
based on the visa that I have, I need to have the next type of insurance, and my insurance would cover all those things as well. And to be honest, the insurance is a bit expensive. Yeah. If you're doing it he has yourself. an interesting accent you'll have to remember. He's from India, lived in UK, now in Dubai. He's got a lot of accents. <laughs> is that like a good accent or bad accent? <laughs> What is a good or bad accent? They heard me because I was telling. <laughs> that is fine. That's fine. Yeah, I try to speak a bit slower. Mm -hmm. She couldn't whisper if somebody had a gun to her head. I should have killed her mic. No, we were laughing because I was listening to you talk, and I was like, um, I was like, no, we were trying to figure out, like, wow, the accent is so distinct. <laughs> So I was born in Mumbai, India, but then I mm -hmm. moved to Manchester, England, mm -hmm. and now into the whole blockchain space. In fact, in Metaverse, I'm not sure if you guys have used the Oculus Quest. I have. My son has one, yeah. Yeah. So in today's podcast, I was talking about the new headset that they plan to release, which is Oculus Quest Pro. Uh huh. It, it is a bit expensive. I believe it's one thousand five hundred dollars, and in that, mm -hmm. they have a couple of apps. You know, which tackles uh, uh, healthcare and mental care as well. Mm -hmm. So all of the consultation that we have, that would be done, you know, virtually mm -hmm. using augmented reality, if that makes sense. So you could actually have doctor doctor's appointments through the Oculus? That is correct. That is absolutely correct. But it would not be like a Zoom session. Mm -hmm. The doctor would feel the presence as though he's sitting right next to you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he could probably in maybe two or three years down the line maybe even check your temperature maybe even check your heartbeat mm -hmm. and quite a lot of other things while being present virtually mm -hmm. yeah i've got a biofeedback system on my laptop where if a client had the same biofeedback system they could email me vital signs oh excellent yeah it's just a clip that goes on the ear and like they can be meditating or something else on the computer, and I can kind of follow if they email me their information. So, not quite as sophisticated as what you're talking about, but something. Yeah, I think probably maybe three to five years down the line, I think things are going to change rapidly, mm -hmm. especially you know in terms of making sure everyone is just feeling fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, 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 I want to thank you for joining. Yes. I, please stay. Um, we're getting ready to enter the last few sections of um, of the well, the last few minutes of the show. And uh, Rebecca does a uh, does a really cool thing. Um, she does a uh, proverb, and she reads a proverb. And I'm super, super happy. Oh, no, that's the wrong show. That's the interview show. Well, anyway, I guess we, you know what? Look, we didn't have our interviewee this week, but we ended up having a really good show. Yeah. Um, yeah you taught us a lot about the healthcare system that now I want to go live in Dubai. Yeah, we all want to go. Mamie is, yeah, we're all going. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And now I have a new word for myself. Yes, the uh, people of determination. Yes. I think that is the show. That is the name of the show. So thank you very much for joining. But stay on. We're going to read uh, Rebecca's proverb of the week. Do you have your proverb ready? So it's it's not a proverb. It's something that they actually, it's a saying that they actually teach in medical school. And what it is, is when you hear horse hooves, 
think a horse, not a zebra. And the point is, is that when something is going wrong, it's usually the simplest answer. And the reason I chose that is because when we're manic and we think we're having this spiritual awakening and all this other things that are happening to us, it's not a zebra. It's a horse. We're just mm -hmm. manic. You know, they've ascended and they're the second coming of Christ or something. Yeah. Assume it's mania, not the second coming. Yeah, yeah. The easiest answer is the answer. I guess my question is, is, you know, when people say they've heard the voice of God, you hear ministers say that all the time. Did they really hear the voice of God? That has always confused me. <laughs> Are they just really manic? But that's not, there's not that many manic people in the world. So, okay, this is really off subject, but I want to tell you this story. Mm -hmm. um, there is this, this writer has coined the term, the talking book, mm -hmm. because during slavery times, they would always say that the Bible speaks to me and the Bible told me, and this is what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And so... There's several stories of slaves who like would get a hold of the Bible and they would hold it up to their ear mm -hmm. and wait for the Bible to speak to them. And they never understood why the Bible wouldn't speak to them the way it would speak to the white man. Mm -hmm. And they thought something was inferior or God didn't love them or they were doing something wrong. Aww. And they, they call it the talking book. No, it was just colonialism. It was just colonialism. And uh, oppression. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But uh, the way we talk about it, like God mm -hmm. speaks to me and the Bible speaks to me, like those words, like, you know me, words matter. Mm -hmm. That's true. Amy, what say you? That's pretty heartbreaking, honestly, to not understand in what way the Bible is speaking to people, to not even understand the concept of reading. Yeah. Like, I knew that, you know... Slaves typically did not learn how to read and that it was illegal to teach them in a lot of places, but I didn't realize that they didn't actually realize what words were on a page. Sometimes. Yeah. It was really interesting to hear that story. Yeah, that's that's a pretty... <laughs> that's an interesting... It's an interesting story. I don't know how I feel about it other than the fact that, you know, throughout the evolution of religion and man, people, they always get to these crossroads where things that were sort of uh sort of mystical or mm -hmm. unknown became just rather innocuous kind of things like for a long time in the black church in particular people used to believe that you couldn't point up in this in 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 the church god because get you they thought it was disrespectful to god mm -hmm. they thought god was going to strike you down well i mean if that were the case like you know then a lot of people might have been struck down but you right. know what that that was the thought and now it's just oh your finger is just up in the air it has nothing to do with god and whether your relationship to god so i don't right. know but also like a lot of indigenous cultures have really really strong oral traditions yes mm, very true so that might have made total sense to them because they would have maybe had phenomenal memories yes mm. you could tell them something they could that way that's a very good point. I didn't even think of that. That's true. That might just be the way that they have learned for generations. Right. No, that's very true. You know, that's you sing stories, you tell stories. Even like, even in like ancient Greece, like the Iliad and the Odyssey mm. were not books. Those no. Traditions passed down. And yes. poetry was preferred because it was easier to remember than prose. Yes. So I can kind of see where they're getting that. That's and I true. Speaking as a book addict, I still think it's pretty heartbreaking, but I can also see where they were actually drawing on some pretty important oral traditions of learning. Yes. 
Very, I agree. Very true. Very true. Is George? Is George right? Um, yeah. George, you're you're more than happy to chime in on this week's thought. Yeah. Um, since you're still on, he, he so respectful. He yes. muted himself. He muted himself. I know. Usually we have to mute people. Yeah, we just, just like cut them off. Well, anyway, but all right. Well, that's good. Well, I mean, I think me personally, I may have already spoken, but I'll I'll do it again. I think you're right. I think the moral of the story is is to know thyself. Also, mm-hmm. know thy illness, and mm-hmm. also know thy medical and uh, uh, treatment team and, uh, and care circle, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for, you know, for us, you know, we could have easily believed that Rebecca's illness was the, the, the zebra, the act of demons, mm-hmm. demon possession. Oh my God, the Lord will heal you. You don't need that medicine. The Lord will heal you. And I have no doubt that spirituality and what meditation and all of that stuff helps uh, but it is not the answer. It's mm-hmm. our, it's drugs. It's uh, everything else. Therapy. And um, go ahead. Sorry. We still get that in Chicago. Like there's still some churches that are really very like, okay, you don't need mental health care. You just mm-hmm. need more God. Ooh. Mm. Mm, and so sometimes that- I get people, you know, clients who are like, okay, you know, my family doesn't really support this. I want to try it. I believe in this. But, you know, I've been told all my life that what I needed was more church, more God and not treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's not an uncommon attitude even nowadays. No, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not at all. And it's, it's, really, it's really sad, you know, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people who are robbed uh-huh. of their lives because they are chasing this mm-hmm. idea of God that's false. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be one thing if you, I mean, if you were atheist and someone told you that, you'd laugh. Mm-hmm. But if faith is very important to you and someone mm-hmm. told you that, you would follow it. And I've, I've seen multiple stories of people. Well, it, it almost shames you, right? You mm-hmm. don't have enough faith. Right. Yeah. You know, it was funny. I was at the, I was, uh, you know, it, it, it was same thing with someone who's, who's gay and lesbian. Mm-hmm. They just give up on religion and turn their backs on it. And mm-hmm. the same thing with people with mental health. They just say, mm-hmm. you know what, why do I need that religion stuff? It doesn't do anything for me. And it, all it does is hurt. All it does is hurt. And it's because mm-hmm. these false teachers are out there in the world. So. But anyway, it's a horse, not a zebra. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> On the other hand, you know, somebody could probably come back with, well, here are all the reasons it looks like demon possession. So if it looks like demon possession, it walks like demon possession, talks like demon possession, it probably is. So I feel like that actually would be pretty easy to turn around from a certain mindset. (laughs) That is true. That is very true. Uh, you know, I, you know, honestly, what was there? Like two stories in mm-hmm. the history of like re- known stories of people who they were like, "Oh my God, this person really does have like some sort of possession." Something uh-huh. they thought, and and they're still not really sure about it. Right. One one was the story of the person that was the exorcist was built on, mm-hmm. and there was another story somewhere other place too. There was another story of a girl who went through exorcism and she died. They, mm-hmm. they like starved her to death. They di- she died. Oh, that's not one story. Yeah, there's several. Yeah. There you go. Yep. The exorcism of Emily Rose. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. George is smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough world out there, I tell mm-hmm. you. Well, anyway, well, thank you everyone for for joining. Amy, do you have any parting words of wisdom for this week's show? I kind of liked the horse and zebra analogy. 
<laughs> it's but a good one. We need to go to Dubai and study this and try and bring some of it home. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Amy, how do we write a grant that all three of us can go there <laughs> and like, thank you, George. Thank you. Lovely meeting y'all as you as well. And, and best wishes Thank with you, your, your partner. Yes, with your girlfriend. I hope girlfriend. she gets better. I don't know. I think we hire a grant writer because I don't really know. <laughs> I think we need to. We need to hire a grant writer and immediately be like, it needs to be like some sort of like environmental observation. Um, right. Observational research. Yes. See, and you have all the terms. You're a PhD. Mm -hmm. You got it. Well, Sidey, but yeah, but like all my experience really is as a therapist. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you're not a, not a PhD, but you, you're a doctor. Yeah, I'm a doctor. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. um, George just said that we need to visit between October and March. Those yes, are the months. Yes. Very good, because those are the months when Chicago kind of sucks. There you <laughs> go. And, and so does our area. It gets really cold and bitter winds here. So not I vote for January or February. There yeah. you go. I like it. All right. Somehow we're going to find a grant to mm -hmm. actually let us do some field study and work in Dubai. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and bring that back to our ecosystem. You know, it's funny when he was talking about the, um, the, you know, just sort of the healthcare system, I was thinking, man, you know, we're, we often, we, we, we believe and we really believe in our constitutional Republic mm -hmm. here. But when you start talking to other people, you're like, oh. We also believe that we're the best. and <laughs> We're yeah. so painfully not. Yeah, I mean, I, could, I don't think I could imagine living living in, well, I could live in Dubai, just like I could live in UK. But still, that's besides the point. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we, we all, we've, we've been taught and we believe that America is the greatest country in the world. The freest country. Or at least the freest country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the kicker. The freest yeah. country. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's the case. Yeah. I don't know. So, anyway. All right. So we're getting close to your book, right, Amy? Um, let's see. It's going to be busy. So January and February, um, my, my new book, The Relationship OCD book, is supposed to be out uh, February 28th. So there will probably be some kind of like a soft opening um, where it's open for sales in mid-month. Uh, sometime around there... Um, there is a children's book on mood disorders that I wrote the afterwards for. The author is named Lord Zubidia. And very cool. That's really yes. cool. We are reaching out to her, yes. trying to get her on the show too. That yeah, would be fantastic. And I don't know if you heard the opening. Did you hear the Dr. Nicolescu? Did you get the, yes, the invite? Yes, got him. Yeah, it's so exciting. I guess we'll, we might need to huddle and like think of some smart questions so that we're like, yeah. <laughs> little people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of ragtag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll get this figured out. So, um, but also, like the bipolar book I wrote a couple of years ago is coming out on audio early next year. <gasps> oh, that's exciting! That's exciting. Oh wow! But yeah, back to Doctor Nicolescu. Yes, let's absolutely have a huddle and see uh, what questions we want to ask him because that looks fascinating. Oh, it's fascinating. Well, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. We hope you got a lot out of this week's show. Uh, thank, doc thank you, Dr. Amy Doremus. Thank you, sweetie, uh, for being so open. And thank you, George, all the way from Dubai, yes. who opened up. Thank you so much for, mm -hmm. for actually joining us for this week's show. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, the show is live now and releases at on Sunday at 8 a.m. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a safe 
brief week. Have a great week. And, oh, honey, set up your um um the song that describes your. Mood. Oh, I don't know if it describes me. It's a fun little funky banjo song, and I love banjos. So it's um called Providence by Poor Man's Poison. Have, have a good week, everyone. Men of power telling lies with shifty hands and thirsty eyes. And they can smell your fear like blood. Oh, my weary soul, we met your kind before. It set fire to a soul. And oh, sweet providence, come save us from ourselves. From hell and consequence Feed the rich and kill the poor Turn out the lights and just ignore What's going on outside The beating hearts of the depraved We've turned the people into slaves And we've given up before we've even tried And no Ourselves from hell and consequence. Save us from ourselves